Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today with a travel journalist, an entrepreneur, a podcast host, Yulia Denisyuk. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jeanette. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's taken us a while to actually get this organized in our diary. And we were saying before we started just how busy life is. And, you know, actually, it's great that we've managed to get this scheduled in. So it's um, fantastic to see you finally. <laughs> finally. I know. I know. Finally. <laughs> Excellent. Now, you have a fascinating background. We've got a lot in common given our interest in the travel industry and um, and the fact that you're a travel journalist plus many other things. Um, So I know a little bit about your background, Yuli. We're going to get to know a lot more. But can we start with your journey, if that's all right, just so that people can get to know a little bit about your background, how you ended up where you are today, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for, for most of my life, I actually followed a pretty, let's say, a traditional path in life. Um, I am an immigrant uh, in the United States. Uh, I came to the States when I was 16 years old uh, from Estonia, where I grew up. Um, and, you know, for many immigrants in the U.S., there is a very strong uh, strong push to, to really succeed, uh, to really make the sacrifice that their parents made by, you know, by moving, by uh, um, leaving everything behind in their countries and moving to the United States to really make that sacrifice worth it. You know, so for, for most of my adult life, I've sort of been under that uh, uh, mindset and that pressure that you really need to succeed. You need to study hard. You need to go get, you know, all the education that you need to get. You need to get a good job, a good salary and, and really, you know, make it in the States. And that really was my journey. I, um, I went to school in the States. Um, I had a stint in the US military, which you know we can wow. talk about if you, if you like uh, as well. And I, I then went and got an MBA in marketing and strategy. And I worked for some of the world's biggest uh, global corporations, including one called Anheuser-Busch AB InBev Corporation, which is the biggest war, uh, beer producer and brewer in the world. And that's sort of where I found myself at the beginning of my 30s, uh, you know, uh, on paper, very successful, you know, making, uh, making big um, six-figure salary, et cetera, et cetera. But what I was increasingly realizing is that I'm actually extremely unhappy with this lifestyle. Um, I was constantly questioning if, if whether that's all there is to life, because... Concurrence to all of that, travel has been my biggest passion for as long as I can remember. But unfortunately, the corporate lifestyle in the US is such that you work most of the time and you really don't have any time 
to to go travel, especially to travel as much as I wanted to travel. And so I found myself, you know, at sort of a crossroads when I was 30 years old. And um, at some point, I decided that I need to try something different with my life. And I left my corporate life behind and I dedicated all of my uh, subsequent journey to figuring out how I can build a lifestyle where travel is at the center of it. And all of the projects that I work on now are absolutely passion projects. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy to be on this path. So that's, that's sort of the summary. Wow. <laughs> a quick summary. Yeah, gosh, there's so much in here, isn't there? We're going to have a fascinating conversation. I can tell you, Leo, this is brilliant. Um, so, you know, when you actually had that realization that, you know, you, you were very successful, probably externally to everyone else, they're thinking, wow, Yulia's got the perfect life, you know, success, financial free, you know, security. Yes, yes. All the status that you have when you're in those big corporate corporate roles. But when you had that realization that you weren't really fulfilling your purpose of what you really wanted to do, was that, was there a particular moment where, you know, that realization came or was it something that kind of evolved over time um, as you were sort of thinking, actually, maybe this isn't quite right, quite the path I want to take next? Yeah, it was honestly a, a bit of both, I would say, you know, I, I, I remember catching myself sitting in those windowless conference rooms day in and day out or at my cubicle and, you know, being buried in PowerPoint and Excel, in email, in meetings, all of that stuff. And just really often wondering, is this what I worked so hard to achieve? Is, is this really the epitome of, you know, of how mm. my life is going to turn out? And there is this saying that, you know, there's this idea that you, at, at least in corporate, you should always want your boss's job, right? Like you should aspire. And I, and I looked at all of my bosses, all of the directors and the VPs, and I'm like, I don't want that, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> because there's so much stress, especially for a role like mine. I was a brand manager and brand managers have P&L responsibilities for million dollar brands, et cetera. And you know, there's so much stress. The, the higher ups are always on, on your case about everything. Mm. Um, and the, there is no life, work and life balance at all. We work crazy hours, investment banking hours for sure. Um, and, you know, that was just sort of the constant hum in my head that, you know, is this really it? And then, of course, during some of my travels that I did in the last years of my corporate career is when... Um, Particularly, I remember uh, a trip to Morocco that really kickstarted the transformation. And I actually wrote about it for Lonely Planet later on. It, it became part of their travel ontology, um, where I spent the night in the desert in the Sahara. And that night was pretty transformational for me. And that's when I decided that something is going to change this year. Wow. No, that's great. Because I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, the reason why I do this podcast is because I think we can learn so much from each other's journey. And, and actually, you know, there may be people listening who are doing a job, being very successful, but thinking, mm, I'm not really following my true passion here. And, and actually having the courage to recognize that in the first place and make a change. Um, I think by mm. your, your story and what, what you did can be really helpful for other people. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating to hear. And, and do you think you mentioned about, 
I guess the the site cultural pressure in a way being an immigrant in the US and this sort of expectation if you like and this pressure to succeed was very much um, a big factor in you sort of pursuing the corporate career that you did originally? Was it to please other people, your parents and sort of the expectation? Was was that a big factor for you, Yulia? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That pressure is very, very real. Um, and also, I would say that you tend to take the path that that is in front of you, that is known. You know, th that, that was a path that I saw many people take. You go to college, you go graduate school, you end up in, in a corporation and you work mm. and, and, and you're set for life, right? You get a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. That's how your life progresses. So, you know, when you don't have a strong internal guide, I would say, or a strong internal idea of what do you want to do with your life, you sort of take the path that's in front of you, you know? And I think there was a bit of both. So there was a big pressure to succeed financially and, you know, to have all the external success markers that, that, we, that we have as a society. But then also that just because that's the path that most people I knew took. So I followed that as well. Yeah, yeah. And what, when you actually made the decision to move, on, move over and become a travel journalist and, you know, you had that incredible evening in the, in the desert where you, you sort of said, no, I'm going to make this change. You then had to communicate that to your parents, friends, people close to you in your life. Um, how did that go? How did that conversation go? <laughs> well, it was a mix of people thinking that I'm crazy. Why am I sort of leaving all of that behind? Uh, and uh, inspirational, you know, uh, at work when I announced that this is what's happening uh, a lot of people privately came up to me and said, Yulia, you're, you're so inspiring. I wish I could do that. Um, you know, uh, so I, I think it's, it's a bit of both. Um, I also want to say that, you know, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, your passion and your purpose and pursuing that. And what I want to say is that there is no one clear or one right way to do that because, I think it all depends on what's important to you. For me in particular, it was really important for me to, to come to work on a Monday morning, knowing that what I'm working on means something to me, is important to me, that I absolutely love whatever it is that I'm working on. You know, so for me, working in corporate where I was selling multiple different widgets to consumers all day long, that wasn't my, you know, it wasn't a good fit for me, but for someone else, perhaps they can find their passion and their purpose or fulfill that in different ways. Their job doesn't necessarily have to be the one that they fulfill it with, you know, so I just want to make that distinction because I think there's a lot of conversation now, you know, out in society about your job needing to fulfill that passion and that, and that purpose. And that's just not the case for many people. Many people are okay with uh, working, you know, having a job that pays the bills and then fulfilling their interests on the side in a different way. And I think that's totally okay as well. It's just that for me, that wasn't working at all. Like I dreaded my Monday mornings and I didn't want to dread my Monday mornings anymore. So that's why I took this different path. Yeah, no, you make a really valid point actually, because I think when people talk about purpose, um, you know, it, it does mean different things to different people. You know, for some, some people, it could be, you know, I just want to be a great mum. 
or for other yes. people, it could be, you know, no, I really want to, you know, become the CEO of a multi-billion dollar business. For other people, it could be, I just really want to travel the world and, and have fun, you know. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Whatever it is, it's an individual thing. And I think you're right that by comparing yourself sometimes to other people of what you think should be done, it's quite dangerous. And, and it can send yes. you on a route that actually can be incredibly lonely and quite unhappy for, for people as well. But you're right, you know, it's some, for some people, actually just having a job and going to work, earning the money so they've got the financial security they need. And they, you know, that's fine. Not everyone has to reach mm-hmm. the stars. And, and actually you can fulfill your, your true purpose in so many different ways. So I think that's a really good shout out, actually, Yulia, and a, and a reminder to us all that, you know, you've got to row your own boat, haven't you, you know? Yes, I love that saying. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then decide who's in the boat with you, you know, because you have a choice with that as well. And uh, let's talk about that, actually. Let's talk a little bit about um, role models and people that have influenced you in your life, because you you um, you mentioned earlier that the role models you saw at work in terms of your bosses actually were the opposite to that. They were showed you what you didn't want to do and what you didn't want to become. But can you think about people that have been influential in your life that have sort of helped you on your journey or inspired you or supported you with whatever you've done at different stages? Because I think that's an important point as well around your network and who you surround yourself with has a massive impact too. Yes, and in fact, that's the whole reason why I now have... uh, and I, I'm now working on building my genius women community because for the most part of my journey, I had no one. Mm. I had no one. I had no role models that I could look look to who were doing something similar to what I wanted to do, you know, and it was a incredibly lonely journey for me and a difficult journey. And perhaps it took me longer than it could have been had I had access to those role models or mentors uh, along the way, but I didn't, I absolutely didn't. Everything I sort of figured out and the lifestyle that I built for myself, I did it alone. And that's why, you know, starting last year in the middle of COVID, when I had time to slow down and, and think a little bit more about sort of where I'm going, uh, this idea for Genius Women Community came to me and it's been such a pleasure for me to start building that community of people now around me who could have those role models, who could have those conversations and see how other people are trying to build similar lifestyles uh, that they're interested in. So yeah, to answer your question, no, I unfortunately didn't have. And that probably made my journey much more difficult than it could have been. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Genius Women then, because you've got the podcast, Yulia, you're also... Mm -hmm. In, as you say, a community of, of like-minded women to support each other with their career progression, business life, passions, uh, the whole shebang. So tell me a little bit about both of those, the podcast and the community side of what you're, you're doing, because I think it's really interesting for a lot of people to hear about. Yeah, so, you know, like probably many interesting things in life, it's, it came to be by accident because <laughs> at the beginning of COVID, I decided, actually just before COVID started, I wanted to try my hand at teaching uh, because for years now, people have been approaching me and asking me questions about how do you become a travel journalist? How do you work with National Geographic and all those different things? And so I decided to try my hand at teaching. I threw my first masterclass. And by accident, 
everybody who showed up for that masterclass were women. So it wasn't that I, you know, uh, put a call out for women to join me. I just said to anyone, Hi, come join me. And so in the process of teaching that masterclass to that first cohort of women who, who joined me, I discovered something striking and something um, quite, quite interesting is that a lot of us shared similar fears, some similar doubts, and similar worries about what we can and cannot achieve. So you were talking, we were talking about genius women and how that started by accident almost, because you ran your masterclass, all women turned up, and then that then ended up leading to you thinking, oh, actually, there's something interesting here to pursue. Exactly, yes. Um, and and what, I write, what, what I saw in that first masterclass was that a lot of the women who came, while they had aspirations to do something different with their lives, particularly in a travel media space, you know, which is my expertise, they had so many doubts and fears about whether or not they could actually accomplish it and whether or not they were even worthy of even trying that, you know, and, and that's, um, and, you know, add to that imposter syndrome, add to that all the other things. And all of those things were something that I've been dealing with in my own path as well. Um, and so that's where I recognized that if I should, I should create a space in which we start to dismantle some of those uh, uh, things, some of those concerns, support each other, um, and, and really help each other uh, take those steps towards uh, enacting the careers that we want. So that's, that's basically, in, an, in a nutshell, is what Genius Women is all about. It focuses on travel media specifically, on women who have aspirations in travel media, but it's also a lot about mindset work, about dismantling some of those myths we have about our worthiness, about our inertia, about fears that we have, you know, and it's been really wonderful to, to work on building that community. Oh, fantastic. No, that sounds incredible. Um, and and so, so, Julia, let's talk about the travel side of things, because as you said, you've actually you know, um, written and done for, for fantastic photography work for National Geographic and some incredible publications. But National Geographic is very much an iconic brand, isn't it, to actually be part of that world. Can you talk about how you first started working with National Geographic, the type of assignments that you do for them and, and just how, what that's like, because it must be incredible. It really is. It really is. And I will tell you, and I, and I tell, I share this story often is that my first, so when I, when I quit my job and I, you know, I said, I'm going to be a travel journalist now, my first ever pitch, my first ever um, query was to National Geographic. And I wrote the pitch and I sent it off. And guess what? Nothing. I never heard from them. I never heard <laughs> from them again. And I tell this story often because if I would have taken that sign as a sign that this is not for me, I'm not good, it's not going to work out, then I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. But I didn't take that sign as a, as a, you know, as a sign that this is not for me. I continued pushing. I continued building my portfolio. I started working with some smaller publications, you know, smaller brands. I started building my portfolio and eventually I reached out to National Geographic again. 
Now, this time I had a portfolio. I was much better at pitching. I had a much better idea of who am I as a storyteller, what kind of stories I'd love to do, right? And so this time they said a yes to my uh, my second pitch and then subsequently different pitches, you know, and, and now I work with actually their UK team uh, quite often on, on different stories. So the point here is that and that's, I see that actually quite a bit and not, not just in, in the travel media space. I see that a lot across entrepreneurship, across many different areas. When we try to do something new, it's important for us not to get discouraged too early mm-hmm. because it ta- things take time. It takes time to build things. It takes time to establish your name, your expertise, your network. All of that takes time. And you have to be really stubborn in some cases and consistent and committed to this journey of building whatever it is that you want to build. Um, there's just no way around it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. And, and actually, you know, I don't think there are ever, if you look at any successful person, they've always had multiple knockbacks, multiple failures along. Yes. And that's where you learn. That's where you learn, you improve. You say, you know, what, what would I do differently next time? What do I need to do to win to win the, the gig with, um, with National Geographic in your example? So I think that's a, that's a really powerful lesson, actually. Don't let that undermine your confidence and, and just keep going and, and look, at, look at where you are today. You know, you're working with National Geographic on a regular basis and uh, that's fantastic. Um, and can you, what, what are some of the most interesting assignments you've done, Yulia? I mean, I know there's going to be loads, but are there any that stand out for you as being particularly meaningful? Yeah, so uh, one of my most um, uh, favorite stories that I've worked on is profiling uh, a community of uh, Bedouins uh, who live and work in the desert of Wadiram here in Jordan, where, you know, where I'm taking this call right now with you. Um, and, you know, Bedouin communities here, they're, um, they are a very interesting community to, to, to tell stories about because they are, you know, uh, they maintain, maintain strong connections to their heritage, to their traditional lifestyle, to the, the connection to the land on which they live. You spent, you spent many years coming to this community maybe carry I did (laughs) I did yes many years and when the opportunity came to do a story uh, uh, with them I I took that opportunity because I see this a lot in travel journalism um, this very sort of colonialist mentality of you know we 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 come sort of we we take and and we conquer with with without without any uh, respect or understanding uh, of the communities that you're profiling or you're doing, uh, you know, a story on. And so it was really important for me that when when I did that story for National Geographic, that it was in partnership with this community. And we discussed it with them, you know, I, I talked to them about it and, and about what it would entail, etc. Um, so that that story definitely comes to mind. Another one uh, one of the more extreme assignments that I've I've done was to go to Mongolia uh, in the middle of winter to document a festival that happens once a year on this remote lake uh, in Mongolia, and that assignment really tested my mettle as a, as a photographer because shooting imagine negative forty degrees uh, Celsius weather. 
incessant winds, fingers falling off, uh, face completely freezing off right away. And I'm trying to like, you know, operate my camera and I don't even know what's happening. Like it was very intense, uh, very intense wow. assignment, but uh, very proud of that work as well. Wow, fantastic. And, and that's it, because a lot of these assignments are, you know, very, um, re very remote areas where there isn't a lot of, you know, well, there are not many home comforts, let's put it that way. So, so not, only no. you, not only are you dealing with the cultural differences, the environment, etc., but, you know, you're away from home and you're having to, I guess, you, you're on your own. You're on your own doing this, aren't you? So, so how do you keep your resilience high when you're in a really challenging location on your own. And I'm sure there are plenty of times where you just feel like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is far too, this is far more difficult <laughs> than I thought it was. How do you keep your spirits high? Well, for me, it comes from the fact that I absolutely love what I do. And yeah. I would never go back to corporate at this point. I would never go back to sitting in a cubicle. And I'm so grateful that this is my work now. That's, you know, this is how I spend my days. Um, there is this very um, poignant uh, quote. I, I don't remember now exactly who said it, but it says something like, um, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. You know, and, and my days now are spent telling stories, uh, traveling, connecting with communities, working on all the projects that I that I work on that I'm absolutely passionate about. And so I think that's the fuel that keeps me going when it's when it's hard, because make no mistake, it is hard. It's not an easy path to be an entrepreneur, to be a freelancer, to be solely responsible for every single dollar that comes across you know, there is no, nobody's paying me salary. There is no boss who can tell me what to work on next. I'm, you know, I'm setting my own path. And of course, it's not always easy. But for me, that's the fuel that keeps me going, that I absolutely love what I do. And I wouldn't trade it for the world to anything else. Um, so that's, that's how it is for me. And I would also say that, although, yes, most of the assignments I'm on my own, I absolutely do work with local partners, meaning in Mongolia, I seeked out a guide, a local guide, a local person who would be guiding me uh, there, mm. right? And so in those situations, I, while I'm alone in, 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 in making these assignments, there's always somebody there who is guiding me because I, I don't know, right? I don't know everything about every corner of the world. So I trust uh, local partners quite a bit. Yeah, no, fantastic. And and obviously we had the, the COP20, uh, COP26 conference, didn't we, in Glasgow quite recently about, you know, obviously sustainability and how we look after our planet. And I assume that that factors pretty highly in the some of the assignments that you do as well. Um, would you say Absolutely. that's becoming more of a focus um, in terms of the type of work you do uh, at the moment? Absolutely. And I, and, and I think this is one of the... Uh, more hopeful trends in the travel industry in general and travel media and travel storytelling industry in general that, you know, the recent conversations that we've been having about the responsibility of us as storytellers, as people who put these stories in all these magazines and in all these websites, the responsibility that we have, uh, the, the kind of work that we do, the kind of stories that we choose to profile how we profile those stories, you know, it influences what people think is or is not acceptable. Um, 
to do in the travel industry. So yeah, I'd say it's absolutely now becoming like before uh, travel, travel journalism, I would say was a perpetuator of colonial mindset for the most part, you know, the types mm -hmm. of stories that people wrote about exotic locations and, you know, all, all of these, uh, all of these things. And now it's becoming much, much more aware, much, much more mindful, thoughtful, which is great. It's, it's a great trend in the industry and I'm hopeful about where it's going. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, you know, you have a responsibility to to represent those communities in a way that's that's appropriate and, and actually shows that the, the best side, but also the, the real side of, of what life is like in, in those parts of the world as well. And I would say even even uh, absolutely yes to that. And even beyond that, you, the responsibility is on making them the partners in your storytelling, you know, mm. and even asking the question, am, am I the best person to tell the story? Now, why, why did I feel like me, um, you know, a, a, a Western-based journalist with, uh, with my background, why was I the best person to tell the story about this Bedouin community? If I only just showed up there for three days, uh, I would probably tell a story that would be full of stereotypes, full of very shallow kind of uh, mm. um, uh, storytelling. But I felt like because I was coming to the community for years, because they involved me, for example, I was there for Eid, which is one of their, you know, uh, religious celebrations. Uh, and I was part of that celebration with them as, as, as a member of their family, for example. You know, um, I felt like I had a deeper understanding into the community because of my years of, uh, you know, being part of it. So these kinds of questions is something that we need to ask ourselves now. Am I the best person to, to tell this story? And if not, maybe I need to pass the baton to someone else who is a better representative for that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. That's so. a really, really valid point, actually. And, and you know, if you were sort of advising someone, what, 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 are, the, what are the skills that make a really good travel journalist? What do you need to have in your locker to, be, to succeed mm -hmm. and, and be good? You, uh, you need to have curiosity uh, for the world, right? You need to uh, sort of be willing to follow some very tiny details or some crumbles of ideas to some interesting rabbit holes. And they don't always pan out, but to have that curiosity to follow something somewhere, I think is crucial. Um, you need to have uh, humility, for sure, because again, that's part of that problematic mindset that a lot of travel writers, photographers um, still exhibit, I would say. It's still not completely gone, you know, it still happens where you show up somewhere for three days and you feel like you're an expert for some reason, even though you're absolutely not an expert in that place, you know, so you need to have humility. And that humility also, I think, will allow you to hunt down uh, better stories as well. And you also need to have, um, uh, uh, what's that word? Um, thick skin is not the right word for it, but what I really mean is sort of doggedness and yeah. again, resilience, 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 because this is not an easy career and, and things are not going to happen overnight. Uh, I think, I mean, they might, you might be very lucky and, and, and feel like you have a lucky break on day one, but usually... It takes a while to build your portfolio, to, you know, to, to get recognition, 
to even figure out uh, what kind of stories you want to do, what is your niche, what is your skill, your talent, all of that takes time, you know, so you need to have resilience and uh, believe that if you work at it and if you are consistent um, and if you don't give up, things will happen. And they absolutely do. I see, I saw it in my own path. I see it in the paths of all the women that we're now helping in our community. You know, if you dedicate enough time and passion into something, things will start happening for you. I feel like it's just laws of nature. So I think that yeah. that's, are, that's crucial. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm a big believer that, you know, the, the, the law of reciprocity has a way of working. Mm. And if you do good things, you put good things out into the world, then that, that will come back to you over time. Um, it's not about giving to receive, but it's about doing the right thing, leading with value and compassion and, and all of those important aspects of humanity. And if you do that, then actually you'll succeed as well and you'll, you'll have um, meaning in your own life, but also in the world. Um, so no, I, mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. And, and, and Yulia, in terms of someone that was maybe wanting to, to, to follow a path like you've done into the world of travel journalism, um, what would the first steps be that you would recommend they do to get started? Start pitching. Start pitching publications, start approaching publications with your ideas. You know, I see this so often that people have these dreams or aspirations, but they don't actually do anything with them. They think that they're not qualified or they don't have an experience. Well, of course you don't have an experience, but you have to start somewhere. I didn't have experience either when I started, you know, the only way to get that experience is to start doing and to start uh, approaching different publications start reading the magazines and the websites and start sort of trying to understand what kind of stories would you like to tell what Mm -hmm. kind of storyteller would you like to be you know the most important thing is that many of us dream about different things and different projects and ideas that we have but much fewer of us actually do something with that And the secret, at least in the way I understand it, is really that you just have to start doing things and to start (laughs) seeing what happens when you start putting things out there into the world. You know, oftentimes it's not going to unfold exactly the way you imagined it, but it's going to unfold in a a certain way uh, nonetheless. And but you have to start doing things. That's that's really the secret, taking action. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Action. I think I think for me, I often talk about there being a, a, a simple formula for success. And to my mind, it's belief. It's a belief in yourself, mm-hmm. your own abilities, having a clear purpose of what you want to achieve and why you're doing stuff, what's important in your life and taking the action. And if you do all three of those, that's when you'll be successful. Um, but it, don't expect it to happen overnight. <laughs> you have to put that... Yes. Yeah, um, no, that's brilliant advice. And, and Yulia, what do um what do people in your your sort of close circle of friends and family think about you know wh- where you are today? And you know what do they say to you when they when they sort of see what you're doing now versus what you were doing before in corporate life? They see. They say that first of all, they always tell me how brave I am. Or pursuing this path and continuing to pursue this path, even when it's, you know, not, not as easy as um, some of the other paths out there. 
they see the sparkle in my eyes. They see how lit up I am when I talk about all my projects, you know, and um, I think they're very happy for me that I've stayed on this path, that I continued, that, you know, a lot of, uh, my vision too has changed quite a bit from when I started on this path than, than when I am today. And that's also absolutely fine. Your definition of what it is that you're trying to build can change. Uh, I think what hasn't changed though is that I absolutely want to work on projects that light my fire. Uh, and again, for me, that's the definition of a life lived with purpose is when you work working on something that you know, inspires you so much. Um, so yeah, I think now my friends are finally like, okay, she's, she's good. She's all right. She, she, <laughs> she's on the right path, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, wait, so you do light up, you know, when you're talking about this, I can, I mean, obviously we're, we're recording this, um, so I can see the smile in your face and the light in your eyes and it is, it's really wonderful, truly wonderful to see. And, and, you know, talk about making an impact, you know, and doing good in the world. You're absolutely doing that. And, uh, I think, you're, inspi you're inspiring for so many people, Julia. So it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to learn more about what you've done and how you've gone about it and the life lessons you've had. Um, so I'm going to come to a few final questions, if I may. Um, sure. Can you think of the best piece of advice you've ever been given, Julia? The best piece of advice I've ever been giving. Wow, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a big one, right? Um, I mean, I think I have to bring it back to uh, just taking action and uh, really not not thinking too much about, you know, whether you have what it takes or you don't have what it takes and just just really going after and, and, and trying. Right. I think um, Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks about this quite a quite a bit. The uh, author of Eat, Pray, Love and many different books. Uh, she mm -hmm. has, by the way, a very great book that she wrote I think five or six years ago called Big Magic Lessons on Creativity etc it's a nonfiction book it's a wonderful wonderful read and in that she talks about this idea of you know passion versus curiosity and how passion is such a big term and such a sometimes insurmountable concept but when you follow your curiosity instead and just sort of follow the projects that are interesting to you uh, and, and see where they lead, you sort of remove a lot of that pressure, pressure to succeed, pressure to make something of yourself right away. Just follow your curiosity and, and just see where the efforts that you're putting out there in the world, where do they lead? Sometimes the world can surprise us in the most joyful and unexpected ways you know but we have to start putting that out there putting putting all of our ideas out there and she also talks about i love this phrase of hers it's also from that book big magic she says the universe has buried jewels inside of you and is watching to see if you can uncover them you know, and I think about that a lot, actually, like all of us have so many jewels inside of us. And I wish more people and particularly more women recognized that they are carrying all these beautiful jewels inside of them and share them with the world more often. I, I truly believe it's going to sound cheesy, but I truly believe that the world would be a much more interesting, uh, kinder, better place if more of us shared those jewels with the world. 
that's yeah (laughs) that's fantastic gosh I'm definitely going to read big magic that sounds fantastic and I love eat pray love that book um was amazing when I read that and of course it was made into a film as well wasn't it with Mm -hmm. Julie as well so uh yeah no fantastic but I'm going to check out big magic great recommendation I love that fantastic and and Julia can you think of oh sorry were you going to say something well just just to just to sort of follow up on the theme that we sort of been having this whole conversation is that uh Elizabeth Gilbert was waitressing as she continued to write for decades before Eat, Pray, Love became the international bestseller that it was. You know, if she would have stopped writing the first couple of years on her career because, you know, she she needed to waitress to support herself as a writer, like she couldn't make all of her living from writing alone. If she would have stopped at that point, she would have never turned into the Elizabeth Gilbert we know today. You know, and it took decades for her to, to get to that point. So again, we come back to commitment, consistency, and figuring out how you can continue on this path, whatever way you can, right? If it means you need to take on a consulting project or a waitressing job or whatever else there is to continue unfolding those jewels, then do it. You know, there's like, there's so many different ways, especially nowadays, so many different ways to make it work uh, that, you know, I just think that's a great reminder for all of us. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I think there's a saying, isn't there? You know, it takes 10 years to make to become an overnight success. Yes, I love um, that saying. Yes, exactly. I, I think that's true, isn't it? I love I love the uh, the idea of everyone has these jewels inside them. I, 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 I always say I believe every single person has greatness within them. Same mm. similar concept, you know, and, and you're right. It's how do you unlock it? How do you bring those to the the forefront and sometimes it's a ruby in the dust that just needs polishing and all of a sudden you've got a beautiful ruby you know and uh i love that that's uh i might i might steal that that julia thank you <laughs> go, go for it go for it <laughs> no, it's, you know it is it's a wonderful way a very a lovely um lovely compassionate way of, of actually you know portraying that so yeah 100 percent. and can you think you live any advice that maybe you've taken in the past that hasn't worked out so well or it was advice that was really you thought gosh no I'm definitely not doing that and you were really glad that you ignored advice because we get lots of advice from people how how we respond to it is our choice of course but Mm. any bad advice that you've had yes goodness um well I'm I'm so glad that I didn't listen to the voices and the people the people and the voices inside my own head that said you should stay where you are you should stay with this job who do you think you are for quitting and doing something else uh, you know um, lots of people were doubtful uh, and fear fearful for me actually they feared that i'm wasting somehow my life um, uh, chasing I don't know, unicorns or something, you know, instead of being uh, down to earth with a stable, secure job. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's fear. It's fear. Fear is driving those thoughts. Um, and I'm very glad that I didn't give in to that fear, both from other people, but also from myself, because I had those thoughts as well, you know. Um, and yeah, I'm very glad that I, I pushed through the fear and I'm now where I am today. I, I truly think that um, I truly think that this is how I want my life to be for the rest of my life. You know, I, I, I love what I do. I love 
how I'm building my life. I love my projects. All the people I meet, incredible people I meet around the world. It's just, our world is a fascinating place. And to be able to explore that and to see that is, I, I'm very grateful for that. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. That's great. Ignore, ignore the people that can sometimes put you off your, your, your chosen path. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a really, really great, great piece of advice for people listening as well. So, Yulia, the last question, if I may, um, what does bold, brilliant mean to you? Oh, brave, bold and brilliant. Again, I think we all have those. Um, we all have something to share with the world that the world deserves to hear and deserves to see from us. Uh, but unfortunately, so often we stop ourselves short because we don't think we are brave, bold, or brilliant enough to, to share those, uh, those wisdoms or, or those voices with the world. And it's been my experience, especially since building Genius Women in the past year and a half, that given the right support, given the right structure, Given the incredibly nurturing um, environment that having a bunch of women together can, can create, I see how people in our community bloom and how brave, bold, and brilliant they are. And you know, they, 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 sh they like shed those layers of fear and doubt. And I see the brave and bold and brilliant humans. Um, they, they write incredible stories. They start doing incredible things. And it's just just amazing how with the right support and structure all of us can be that way you know and it's and it's really it's been great for me to see that so that's that's what I would say oh fantastic well Yulia it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you I love what you're doing I think you're making such an impact on the in the world making it a far better place so thank you for everything you do and thank you for being a guest it's amazing thank you Thank you so much, Jeanette. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And, you know, I can talk about these topics uh, for a long time. So I'm glad we got to speak about this today. It's really near and dear to my heart. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, wonderful. You're very welcome. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 